Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Logbook, specifically the first and only 20th episode of The Logbook. I'm one of your hosts, John Patty, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, uh, James Robinson. James, Bedina asked you this week, um, how do you sleep at night? Like, like what, what a, do you prefer pure darkness, pure silence, some white noise? Do you have little PJs? I thought you were accusing me of something for a second there. No. Oh, that's for another episode, James. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, just my undies. Nice. Um, do you like that image, everybody? It's nice, isn't it? They're loving um, it. They're loving it. I know. Yep. I, I just uh, sense it. Lights off, doors closed usually. I don't like doors open most of the time. Um, I don't need like blackout blinds or anything. And then mm. relative silence. Like, I, I don't know. I fall asleep. I, I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, I think, most of the time. Like, I'll be told that there was a thunderstorm last night that, you know, woke everybody up. It's like, uh, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, thunder. Well, thunderstorms are great because I'm. I need to fall asleep to like some kind of just natural sounds from the world around me. Not not like nature sounds. Like <laughs> you're in a remote forest or something. Like I don't have any recordings that play or some shit. But like, right. I I don't know. I like if like it, when we lived in university together, being in the basement, at least like on the very bottom floor, I. Like when people were doing laundry late at night or something and they needed to run the dryer at two in the morning. I'm like, yes, please. Who like, was doing that? Warren, uh, probably, right? <laughs> uh, every now. No, every now and then he'd be late. But I, I I can't remember who exactly. But like to me, it didn't matter because. Right. Like just but the, like <sighs> my question is, why the hell are you doing laundry at two in the morning? Why the James, why the hell do we do homework sometimes on all nighters? Because schedules are a nightmare in university sometimes i mean i don't know like Ugh, all right Fine. anyways <laughs> I, I i like natural noise around me if it's truly pure silence which does happen a lot in basements and i'm in a basement now and sometimes it happens i don't like it's not scary to me it's just unnatural mm. it's like pure blackness and pure silence oh, yeah. that's like, not I, fucking normal like i can't no, fall asleep to that but i feel like it would be really cool to go into like a pitch black cave just for like a, a couple minutes and have just absolute silence and absolute darkness just for like a second. That'd be kind of oh, cool. Yeah. But then I'd get freaked the fuck out because death yeah. and stuff, but you know, or like those, those audio chambers, that audio company, that audio companies, sorry, they're not, they're not called audio chambers, but like hyper, hyper soundproof chambers that audio companies use to test microphones and stuff. Hmm to the point like the what the quote unquote most silent rooms in the world where it's like if you stand there long enough and you just like take a second for your ears to adjust you can like hear your own heartbeat you could hear your yeah. stuff like internally more stomach it's noises like the, like the yeah. feeling of like turning on a noise canceling headphones but tuned up to like a billion yeah insane yeah, yeah. I, I would do that for a moment but like i i would probably last less than five minutes like that's that sounds crazy um, wow, we went awful long on this, considering you have to leave at six. <laughs> ah, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, yeah, 
we're, we're, we're done with that. This is okay, an audio experience, sure. but it's not an audio experience that's talking about uh, other audio experiences. It's a video game podcast. Uh, so what we like to do is uh, go over the news for the week, uh, just the things that we find the most interesting, things we have the most to say about. And then we'd like to move into a primary conversation for the week, something timeless, something that you can go back to over and over again, maybe debates that will happen long long after the episode airs uh just to you know get our thoughts on a given topic and then we like to end off each episode talking about what we've been playing for the week so james uh i guess you'll start us off with the news something that's very near and dear to your heart i think very quick thing <laughs> yeah this has nothing to do with video games but <laughs> paddington 3 is being made hell yeah and I don't know if you've seen the Paddington films, John. No, I have not. But they are some, I'm genuinely, like, they are amazing. They are some of the most wholesome, fun family films that you will ever see. And I'm very excited that they're continuing this because I you just need more more bears eating marmalade in your life. Everyone Absolutely. Does. I mean, I do want to see them. The, the animation looks outstanding. It looks charming as hell. I mean, Paddington is just like, it's not like some, I, I don't think it's some like mega, mega global blockbuster, but every time I do hear people talking about it, everyone's just loving it. Like yeah, I don't, if you I don't, see no, no hate for it. If you don't like Paddington, then you just don't have a heart. Yeah. That's plain and simple. And anyway, you may quote him on that. You may quote me on that. Anyway, John, let's get on to actual video game news. Yeah, the first the first video game piece of news. Uh, real quick, Bungie is making huge moves, um, specifically regarding their studio size, both from a staff perspective as well as like the physical HQ space. Um, it was reported by multiple uh outlets but the one that i saw was at forbes and uh i'm just gonna read directly from the article because i feel like if i just leave myself to my own devices with this one i'll i'll go on longer than i actually need to about what the news actually is so i'm just gonna read from forbes uh, an article by paul tassi uh he's a specializes in video games over Forbes. Uh, Just reading a couple of graphs from here, starting with uh, Bungie is doing a massive redesign and expansion of its Bellevue HQ in Washington, which will take its size from 84,000 square feet fucking already huge that's not a quote from the article that's me saying that uh it'll take it from that to 208,000 square feet uh this is to allow for future growth but also recent hires that have come in in the last year uh last report was that a quarter of bungee employees had never set foot in bungee bungee hq because they were all hired during the pandemic as the studio staffed up rapidly uh bungee will also open a studio internationally over in amsterdam which will mainly be about publishing and marketing and that will happen in 2022 um, I guess I'll read this last one. It gives a little bit more detail. Bungie is bringing on, uh, bringing on new higher ups, uh, while retaining their old crew and forming two distinct teams going forward. Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy, fantastic last name, will continue to be attached to the Destiny universe with its quote highly engaged fan base, giving players hope that Destiny content will continue indefinitely past Lightfall, the announced 2022 expansion, and that Destiny will be expanding into quote additional media. Uh, from the release, it sounds like Destiny 2 General Manager Justin Truman may take no worthy's old role again i'm just loving that uh with assistant game director joe blackburn taking over luke's at some point still working to confirm that as blackburn was not named in the release and that still uh that may still be in the works so 
lots going on there. Uh, Destiny still seems to be a focal point, uh, but bl- publishing and marketing a whole different uh, little bit of uh, the business going on there. That's super yeah, cool. Yeah, it's interesting that they're expanding in that way. Um, I think another thing I saw, and maybe this is old news, but they are they are working on projects other than Destiny 2. Like they mm-hmm. had some, some trademark for something called Matter, I think, uh, a couple of years ago. Oh. So I don't know how that's going. But uh, yeah, I mean, a company like clearly they're massive company. So I mean, be nice if they put some resources into some other games, I guess. But I mean, Destiny's probably a big money maker anyway. So, and by the sounds of you transitioning into that little subtopic, it seems like you know the article better than I do. Because uh, I'll actually just read this last little bit. It talks about the new IP. Uh, they are also forming separate teams for its new incubation projects, though none are officially announced here. Uh, they plan to release their first non-Destiny IP before 2025. So right, obviously yeah, we're talking about the very long, long-term plans here. And mm-hmm. they say at least one new uh, IP before then. So they could have multiple new IP before 2025. Yeah. Big news. Yeah, cool. I mean, I don't really have much else to say on it, but uh, yeah, it's a, La- it's a big, big, big building. Huge build. Yeah. And the very last thing I'll say is additional media. I also, in a separate article, heard this phrase as like new multimedia specialist. So I'm I'm willing to bet uh, Destiny TV shows or movies or something like that. Like oh, yeah. it's just so suited to that already. For sure. Um, so. Yeah, congrats to Bungie. I love Bungie. I love Destiny. I can't root for them enough. Fantastic. Neato. Start us off on the uh, the real focus of this week's news. Yeah, though, James. I mean, this is like really the only news that matters this week. Sorry, Bungie. <laughs> and sorry, Pat. Well, Paddington matters, but you know. Uh, after 530 days, we finally got another Nintendo Direct. A proper one. Not a specific... Mm-hmm game one not a partner direct not a mini full-on 50-minute nintendo direct uh announced on tuesday aired on wednesday and those more than 24 hours between the announcement and the the actual airing I couldn't focus on anything else. I don't know about you, but like that's all I could think about. Dude, it, yeah. I man, it's been so long that I, when it was more of a routine thing, I was able to like get my expectations in check and like calm down and do anything I was able to uh, do other tasks I had to do throughout the day and be like, "Okay, now I'm ready for the direct. I'm good to go." But this was just like the direct's happening today. The direct's happening today. The direct's happening today. I was like just yeah. full-blown unfocused like yeah like i'm i'm usually good at you know not getting too excited and not expecting too much and i didn't really expect mm-hmm. the world of this direct necessarily um but it's still just even if i'm not and the case was that like that yesterday even if i don't get that many games in it that don't excite me or that excite me I'm still happy that this happened because it's yeah. just such an event that's always so much fun to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say people are, you know, even, even if the direct didn't give you something you wanted, A, like grow up, not every game is going to be for you, obviously. But B, given the context of this precise direct after 530 days, them specifically saying 
it has been so long because of the pandemic and stuff. Uh, to me, they th- th- there's no official confirmation of this. There's no quote or anything like that. This is just my guess. But my guess is I don't think they would have get like sh- broadcasted uh, the first direct of the year without knowing okay we could get back into some kind of a direct routine because like i'm sure they could have done a one-off direct long before 530 days they could have amalgamated some of the mini directs into one but i i think knowing nintendo they wouldn't have just like done a one-off and be like oh shit actually hmm well, we're kind of screwed for another direct four months from now, so we'll wait another year or something like that. I think they waited an extra amount of time, however long that extra amount of time would be, to go, if we're going to do the first direct in a while, I think this this has got to be the start of us being able to consistently do directs again in a certain pattern like we're used to. So I'm, I'm even if I didn't get everything I wanted out of this and more or whatever, I'm just glad that they're back because to me, I'm guessing we'll get that late spring early summer direct like i'm confident in that oh yeah i'm i'm positive that we'll get something like that at uh, around e3 time uh, probably not e3 i think they'll push it a little well a is e3 even happening no it is digital right it is but i uh, i don't it's know gonna, who's gonna no, who's gonna yeah, be yeah, there exactly. and all Nintendo's that probably not gonna go back because they can do things on their own but yeah. uh, considering the fact that we have I think we have games from Nintendo releasing at least one a month up until August. I would put money on that. We're not going to see another direct until at least July. Mm. Um, I don't think it'll be June, even July. Like I feel like they might wait until after their July game comes out and then they'll do another one. Yeah, I think that's a really great call, especially I, I didn't actually consider that until you said it. But I think one thing that definitely lends credibility to that guess is the fact and then the, I think there's a good transition into like the actual contents of the direct. Uh, the lack of Pokemon, I think, lends credibility to there being a, a more Pokemon specific showcase next week for the anniversary. Oh, and that's- that- yeah, that will I, that will fill in even more holes in the schedule until August, which would which would warrant that like July uh, direct even further kind of. Thing. And I think yeah, that's a great guess. Yeah, for sure. I, I I think you know a Pokemon direct is almost guaranteed. Like it's the 25th anniversary next week. Yeah. It's almost guaranteed that there's going to be a, a a Pokemon presents next week. Uh, they never really show up in in Nintendo directs like. Uh, they, when they do, it's not to show anything really brand new. At least it hasn't Offshoots been for the while. Thing. Yeah, or just information we already knew and just a basic ass trailer. Like I don't think there has been a Pokemon game announced in a Nintendo Direct for a very long time. Mm-hmm. They usually do them on their own, and even even Pokemon Snap being announced just on Nintendo's Twitter was a little strange. I thought very strange oh wait no it wasn't announced it was just a new trailer never mind it was announced in in a pokemon presents so exactly like they Mm. they don't typically announce games in directs but i think we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves because that's next week's news (laughs) most likely yeah uh so let's get back to this actual it will be i'm uh, i'm 100 percent sure that it will be um first yeah i don't think i'm the first to say that. we got the scoop <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but yeah let's uh let's kick it off i don't think we're gonna cover everything because 
we probably don't care about yeah. everything in here. Uh, I know I certainly don't. But, yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm not we'll, going to talk about that uh, zombie game that looked like an Xbox 360 game. Whatever I the think fuck it was, that was an Xbox. It's running on the Halo Three. Engine, oh, actually, the original Halo engine. That's engine. hilarious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're just going to talk about the big hitters of the direct. Also, one thing before we get into that, people who expect like uh like them to announce you know super mario odyssey 2 breath of the wild 2 trailer uh yeah. a new brand new donkey kong new metroid like all of those i don't know when the last time we've had a direct that actually announces that many first party yeah. like big hitters mm-hmm. but that's unreasonable of an expectation completely so, yeah we say it a lot here on the logbook but you're a child if you think that or you're at least at least you're a child if you then get mad that yeah i guess if you get mad at that if you want to just be hopeful and cling on to something during this time i'm sure you know but then if you go like how could you afterwards oh shut up you're stupid anyways yeah (laughs) anyway first things first we were told beforehand that we would be getting smash in this direct Mm -hmm. and uh we opened with smash although it was very unclear for quite some time that it was actually I I was on the fence about what it was because it's a Xenoblade 2. It opens up with Rex. And then it seems like it could be like maybe DLC or a new Xenoblade spin-off game or something like that. But then they they come across Pyra, who is on Final Destination. And she's been invited to Smash without Rex. Hmm. Yeah. I. You first know of more all, about fantastic. you know more about this game than I do. I personally, yeah, from like, my standpoint, I'll say I think the characters look cool. They look fun to play as. It's Pyra and Mithra, by the way, mm-hmm. transforming kind of like Zelda and Sheik, I guess, uh, from Melee and Brawl. Um. I also like that. You know, most of the. DLC characters we've gotten have been men or, you know, male characters. So it's nice to get some more female characters in a roster that has Definitely. been pretty underrepresented in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so next up, I would want more non-human characters. That's kind of my yes. wish. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, John, you can talk more about this because I think you're a little more excited about it than I am. Yeah, I mean, I won't have too much to say other than it's fantastic. I'm I'm super glad it happened. We we had like even though we've talked about so many other predictions of all the other character possibilities, like Xenoblade Two was kind of confirmed because of what Sakurai said of like, oh, I was straight up gonna put Rex, uh, the protagonist, the main protagonist of Xenoblade Chronicles Two. I was gonna put him in the game, but didn't have there was just timeline issues and all that stuff, uh, and for him to you know, take that extra time to maybe go, oh, okay, like, let's just do Pyra and Mithra and not Rex. Like, I, yeah, I, I think it just makes sense. It's the most successful Xenoblade game to uh, game to date, uh, exclusive to the Switch. It's just a fantastic game overall. Uh, had great DLC. Obviously, there's a success of the, uh, the Xenoblade 1 remake that's come on Switch. It's becoming, in, in Monolith Soft themselves, the developers of Xenoblade are a more and more uh, important developer to Nintendo by the day, it seems. Uh, so it was only a matter of time, I think. 
even though I was pretty convinced it was going to be Crash Bandicoot because of the announcement of uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 coming to Switch. I was I was like, okay, I think it's going to be Crash today. I mean, but I was I was thinking it was going to be a Pokemon because Pokemon Week is coming up. But that's true. That's we're yank. both wrong. <laughs> And much like most people would be wrong with when Sephiroth was revealed. Like anything oh, yeah. goes in Smash Bros, man. Yeah. Uh, Not many this... people would have predicted just Pyra and Mithra either. It would have just been Rex and Pyra, not, not I thought I thought a, I think a while back I said this too, maybe like one of the first logbook episodes. I think when we were talking a little bit about Smash predictions. If it was gonna be Xenoblade 2, I thought it was gonna be Rex. And kind of like Shulk switching between the different uh, Monado abilities, you would switch between Pyra and Mithra. Mm, I thought that, yeah. but I I like this way more because like if you play the game, whoever's played Zeta Play Chronicles two out there, you know that a lot of the story centers around Pyra and Mithra. They're the ones who are doing the real action and having the special abilities. It just makes the most sense, and I'm and also Rex is fucking annoying. So. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that too. A lot of people Pyra, don't really like him. Pyra. Ugh, yeah, I dude, mean, I was getting annoyed on. by him in this trailer, so. The power of friendship. Yeah, well, guess what? Your friends ditched you, bro. (laughs) Yeah, that that was pretty funny, though. And that obviously is very self-referential to the thing. Again, I talked about with Sakurai saying he was going to put Rex in Smash. Um, Yeah, great news. Super happy. Love all the Xenoblade representation. Give me more of it. Or, you know, actually, well, maybe not because we've got two two slash three now. So I think that's pretty good. Um, And I think Pyra and Mithra will be coming in March, I believe, right? Yep march so we'll probably get a sakurai presents sometime before that which is always a fun time oh um, yeah yeah we'll learn more about the uh the stage and and everything so that'll be good um a lot of people thought this was too early like they were surprised that we were getting another character so early but like the timing between steve and sephiroth was only about two months and we're two mo- almost yeah. two months away from sephiroth yeah as well so like we also don't know which day in March, too. It could be late March. Like, Yeah, I mean, if it's late March, then that's three months later. So it's yeah. not that out of the out of the ordinary, I guess. But anyway, yeah, it's not that crazy. It's uh, more than enough smash talk for one episode. Um, next up, they revealed that Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout is arriving on the Switch in summer, which is pretty cool. Uh, I originally texted you that I'm probably going to get this on Switch now because it just feels right but then i think it was on good vibes gaming they kind of pointed out that even like the playstation 4 pro has had troubles with frame rates and stuff on mm-hmm. this so maybe doing a playstation 5 might be better on there they weren't sure if the switch would be able to handle it but i mean yeah i don't know i'm sure it can or a- on an xbox series x or s or xbox one because that was confirmed as well recently. Today, I think that, yeah, that Fall Guys is going to come there too. I was getting there, but I don't have <laughs> one of those. So that was not an option for me. I was being selfish and talking about me, John. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll let you be more selfish. Thank you. <laughs> Back to yeah. you, James. All about yeah, you, James. I mean, anyway, that's that's pretty much all there is to say on that. I think we're uh, like John's been playing Fall Guys. He likes it. I haven't, yeah. but I want to play it. So, yeah, I mean. I guess, so yeah, maybe from a tech perspective, it's uh, we'll see how it is on Switch. I will not play it on Switch, but I always thought, and I'm sure anybody with functioning eyes and ears thought, uh, you know, like, hey, yeah, look at this game. This is the most Nintendo, non-Nintendo game you could yeah, get. Exactly. <laughs> like, Fall Guys, exactly. it has to be on a Nintendo system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my ge- and my guess would be it's probably going to come out 
around August because that's when it released on PlayStation. They probably had a year-long exclusivity deal or something. Okay. Uh, so that would be my assumption. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, the list I'm looking at is not in order. So I know Outer Wilds was next. We don't really need to talk about that. It's Well, it's John's favorite game, one of his favorite games. Um, that's coming to Switch now. I already bought it on PlayStation, yeah. so this doesn't really affect either of us but uh that's yeah. kind of cool more people it's a it's that. on playstation it's on game pass and now it's coming to the switch in june i believe no excuse people play outer wilds best game yeah. of 2019 yeah so i don't know what was next i guess the next big thing was probably um a new Mario Golf game. Mario that, Golf. And that's Super big. Rush. That is big. I don't care, but it's big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm not I a think golf, it's cool. I'm not a golf fan. I tried a Mario Golf game. I just I just couldn't get into it. I like Golf Story. That was fun. I don't know why I liked it. I just did. And then I liked What the Golf because that wasn't a golf game. Well, those are <laughs> those both seem like golf games that throw in a bunch of other stuff to cater to non-golf fans so it makes sense that you would like them yeah exactly um but mario golf is very exciting in general for people who are fans of the game because i think it's been almost 20 years or something since the last mario golf game yeah uh not since the last mario golf game they had one on uh it's since the last console mario golf game oh they did have one on uh on the 3ds uh world tour Mm. i think mario okay is that what it's called i think that's what it was called um, okay but yeah been a long time since you've been able to play it on console which is you know that's pretty cool i know a lot of people are excited <laughs> about it i would have preferred hell i would have even preferred baseball over this i find both yeah. those sports boring but i don't know strikers think, would have been my first i was choice. just gonna say i think what you and Absolutely. i both would have preferred is strikers and or i i gave hoops oh, a, an honest yeah. try again yeah, that would be cool, too. But I doubt that's ever going to happen. So I, I kind of had a little bit of a deja vu moment that I had to, like, see the full course of when uh, Mario Golf Super Rush is the name of this. Mario Golf Super Rush is going to be uh, yes. the name um, uh, releasing in June. So that's one of the summer. Yeah. Games. So I kind of went, oh, well, like I. So, again, as far as like the Mario sports game goes. Uh, sports games goes i've only really played strikers and i think i played a little bit of the basketball one um i i got a little bit of deja vu with tennis aces mm-hmm. it was i uh, now i it that was in its respective year a summer release i believe uh a mario sports game uh that its major changes other than like graphical fidelity and performance ha- was a story mode it was the first one yeah. in a while or something like that. Or like, no, okay, for at Tennis Aces, no. It was the first one in a while, first good one in a while because people hated the previous entry. And I was like, oh, I was getting caught up. I was like, oh, hey, Mario Golf, maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, mm, coming out the summer, coming out the summer, what's another Mario sports game that was underwhelming that came out this year? Oh, Tennis Aces. Oh, what's, uh, oh, they're, they're both their selling points is a story mode. I just feel like, okay, I know I can't buy this. It's just going to be another Tennis Aces. Yeah, and people will put that's, it down. That's kind of, that's a good way of thinking of it, because like the only thing in this trailer that made me think, oh, maybe I'd give it a try was the speed golf mode. Yeah, that looks cool. That's a good way of making it more Mario. I think having everyone mm-hmm. play at the same time is probably the only way to make golf somewhat interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. 
but that's not enough to make me buy it myself. I would mm-hmm. maybe play it at a friend's house if they had it. But yeah, I, I, I don't think I'll be getting this myself. No, I won't be either. And you know what? The only pure golf or not pure, but you know, the only tr- like basic gar- golf oriented game I'm interested in on a Nintendo platform is Wii Sports. So you know what, Nintendo, give us what we want. Yeah, Wii Sports, Wii Sports on the <laughs> even, Switch Sports, baby. <laughs> even Wii Sports Golf, like I know, I get what you're saying, and this doesn't really have anything to do with this. But I'd always start Wii Sports Golf and be like, "Oh, this is fun," but then three holes in, it's like this is excruciatingly long, and I hate this, and I want it to die. <laughs> <laughs> I still enjoyed it, but oh, but for sure, I go to uh, bowling and tennis are my go tos for yeah, sure. Absolutely, I this like also the easiest. Too. That was underrated, I think. Boxing but. was fun. Box baseball, yeah, baseball dude. Wii fun. Sports is Wii Sports is like it's like yeah, man. Technically, one Wii of the most popular resort. games of all time, but it's it somehow feels underrated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even though it's Bring one of the most popular games resort. ever, make a sequel to Wii Sports Resort. That's what they should. Do. Yes, please. Switch Sports, baby. Absolutely. Anyways, anyway, Jinx. Uh, again, I don't know if this was next or not, but it's the next on my list and it's the one probably you want to talk about. I don't mm. really care that much again, but, uh, mm-hmm. you get more of that art style that you love because, uh, mm-hmm. the team behind Octopath Traveler has announced a new game. This is a working title. Thank God. <laughs> I kind of like it for how ridiculous That's it is. Dumb. I kind of love it. Project Triangle Strategy. <laughs> triangle Strategy, baby. Phil Jackson, LA Lakers, Chicago Bulls. It, this is your time to shine. <laughs> this is the game now. Um, triangle offense joke for anybody who yeah. doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, I got it. Dude, I, I, know sports. I was freaking... Okay, so because... The art style is the most distinct factor here, like with Octopath Traveler and like going forward, I guess, if they keep doing this kind of style of game. When they were first revealing it, it was sort of like an animated trailer with like these these um, these uh, legal scales in the middle with different flames around it and stuff. I was like, I was convinced. I was like, oh, my God, Octopath Traveler 2. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to lose my shit. Um, but I, I won't say better or worse in a very, very pleasant surprise. It is a tactical RPG, like something along the lines of your Fire Emblems. Or more specifically, what a lot of people were freaking out about is that, like, especially because this is a Square Enix studio, uh, it's 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 basically a, a spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics, which is incredible. Like, that's it's such a long-awaited thing by fans of that uh, particular side of the Final Fantasy franchise. I... I'm more interested in tactics games, I guess. Like I played and reviewed XCOM two last year and it took me a little bit to get into it, but I didn't end up enjoying it. Um, I bought Mario and rabbits recently. So I'm kind of looking forward to trying that. The thing that I don't like is all the RPG mechanics, which I know I've mm-hmm. talked about before, but I don't like, it's just monotonous to me. A lot of the stuff like even and yeah. I was playing God of War this week and even in that there's some RPG stuff like like yeah. uh just armor and weapon management and stuff like that that just feels so tedious and and I don't love um even though that was a great game uh mm-hmm. so yeah like, oh, you beat I, it or? Much, I did yes nice That's pretty we'll much all I did later, this I weekend but yeah we'll <laughs> talk about that at the end of the episode um 
but yeah, like that's kind of what's keeping me from from picking up another Fire Emblem game too, because I just I know like I'll enjoy the actual battles themselves, but there's a mm. lot more to the game than just that that I just won't enjoy. Whereas Mario, I know there will be a little like Mario and Rabbids. I know there's going to be a little bit of that stuff, but it's mostly going to be battle, and whatever there is that isn't that is going to be much simpler than all the different things you'd have to consider in this game, for example, Project Triangle Strategy. Mm -hmm. So that's why Uh, I don't care about this game. (laughs) I will say, though, I will say, out of of the the entirety of my excitement for this, uh, out of anything Octopath Traveler, and I'm so sad that I'm forgetting the name of the specific developers, um, because I should, uh, because they're among my favorites, um, 50% is the distinct style that they've made for themselves, the quote unquote HD 2D type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, but then also pairing that with an incredible product that is Octopath Traveler. It's just a great game to me. Um, it's 50% that, but 50% how they go about releasing a game and they're repeating the same process again. I with, did like that. Yeah. With Project uh, Triangle Strategy right after they announced it and gave quite quite a bit of time i think it was like they gave it over five minutes of time in the yeah, direct it was like, like six minutes or something, it was a yeah. huge reveal fantastic to see how much time they got given um there's a playable demo currently available right now uh on the eShop, uh just as it was with octopath <clears throat> travel when that was initially released and the whole goal again in terms of this this feedback cycle they they have is play the demo we'll send you a survey afterwards just tell us your complete just unfiltered thoughts on what the, on the good and the bad. We'll take it all into consideration. We'll announce that we've taken it all into consideration. We're going to announce on social media, all that kind of stuff, what we changed based on that feedback. And they, at least with Octopath Traveler, they changed almost all the major points that people gave feedback yeah, for. Yeah, and I think truly. they did the same thing for Bravely Default too, because they did that yes. method as well. And I think they, a lot of people have said yeah. that that, that has got significant changes. Yes. And that, so thank you. Know you. I don't know how I forgot that because that's coming out in like like next week's next month. Next right? week, fe- February 26th. Oh, it's February. I thought it was. Yep. No, Monster Hunter is March. Right. Sorry. Monster Hunter. Yeah, that's OK. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they just they're so consistent with the qua- the community feedback and not just like doing it for for brownie points. It's like, no, it's like you again it's there's tangible changes like and and they probably won't make the changes unless they are valid and like better on the product because they're experts at the end of the day about video game design but like hey bravely default 2 that demo came out very mixed reviews it's like hey this is an even for long time rpg players like me like this is an unnecessarily difficult game and difficulty even though they've updated the demo and stuff like that on bravely default it still seems like a very difficult game but they've added a lot more difficulty variants of the options um they, again that was like the number one thing that people talked about and they're like okay yeah we'll fix that cool they talked about loot and stuff like that like there's hardly any loot for all the stuff you kill okay we'll fix that cool like it it's just beautiful and i can't imagine that they would do it any other way with this game so even if you're hesitant on it james i think you should try the demo and or at the very least wait till that secondary improved demo comes out and give it a shot Mm, we'll see <laughs> <laughs> but anyways no that's problem. enough on uh that's enough on the hilariously titled temporarily titled uh project uh triangle strategy which yeah, I doubt, if octopath I don't traveler think, is any indication hopefully I, they kind of keep it i don't think they're gonna i was gonna <laughs> say because project 
Octopath Traveler, they just dropped the project. I don't think that's going to be the case here. They're probably going to give it a proper name. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we probably need to uh, pick up the pace a little bit because it's we got okay. what forty minutes. I don't think we're going to get through our main topic. Honestly, <laughs> we uh, might no, have to... I could go pretty quickly. Uh, all right, I don't. I also don't want to rush the main topic. You know what? Let's rush the direct then. I think that's probably let's better. rush the direct. Let's be okay. more direct. Yes, I'm just gonna knock off some uh, some of the highlights for us. Uh, I'm gonna mention mm-hmm. this only because Christina was very excited about it. It's the Super Mario items being added to Animal Crossing. Uh, the warp very pipes nice, yeah. looks pretty cool. Like you can do some pretty cool things with that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that looks fun. You can dress as Wario, which is neat. Uh, <laughs> we got a full trailer, full release date trailer for No More Heroes Three. Um, visually, it looks great. However, for me, it looks a lot like the first one, which I got very bored of, and mm. I don't think I'm gonna like this. So I'm probably not gonna get it. But we'll see. But when's the release date, James? August twenty seventh. Twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seventh. So that's part of why I don't think we're going to get a release or another direct until then, because that's the last Mm. game that we have in an official release date for this year. Um, Next up, there's going to be a Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity expansion pass. I think all of us expected that Um, Hyrule Warriors, the original got a lot of DLC only natural to expect that with this. Plus there was some data mining that uh, indicated there were some more characters uh, and I'm the worst. I still have yet to play this game. Oh, man. Come on. But so I will. I, I will. I'll, I I'll do it and up, I'll get the expansion pass. I will. I can't bring it up too much in my uh, my conversation for later then because I had a point about that. But anyway. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, on to the two biggest announcements for both of us, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, IG Ayanuma came out and... He said, "Broke our hearts immediately." Yeah, broke our hearts immediately. <laughs> but thankfully, he actually set expectations, which is nice. I uh, said, "There's no news mm-hmm. on Breath of the Wild sequel right now, but they will give us more news later in 2021, hopefully." Yep. Probably not going to be a release date for this year, but I'm still I'm still crossing my fingers that maybe it's a holiday title, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, but I, what we did uh... get from him, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm being too hopeful, I know. But what we did get from him was the announcement and of uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Very exciting. It's mm-hmm. been 10 years since that game originally came out. And it looks great. Uh, they managed to transfer the motion controls to the, the Joy-Cons, which is nice, because I don't think you really need the pointer that much. And the Switch Joy-Cons have gyro so that probably made it pretty easy to translate everything yeah. over but the more impressive mm-hmm. thing is that they've uh, made it so you can control the whole thing without motion controls which i don't think a lot of people expected yeah. uh so that was nice that's pretty well good. i mean they would have to for the switch light yeah exactly exactly light. i think that's why people were saying like oh skyward sword can't happen like a lot of, i was hearing a lot of that but uh they, they found yeah, a way that's yeah and it's a pretty, you know, pretty elegant solution. They're just using the right stick instead for for motion directional that directional sword slices, uh, which I think is yeah. Gonna I work think great. I think people will get used to that pretty quick. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I agree. Um, um, they announced Joy Con, special Joy Con Skyward Sword themed, which look the awesome. 
fucking best joy cons we've seen in my opinion yeah oh my god really great i I, I think they're beautiful personally yeah me too um and then finally our one last thing announcement and we can maybe spend a little more time on this uh because it's unexpected for me at least but i'm pretty excited about it me too splatoon 3 announced for two three yeah uh 2022 yeah 2022 man yeah that's i i i thought it would be announced like announced this holiday that's when i thought it would have been yeah i thought the release date was going to be like it's big enough to warrant a holiday release date i think oh yeah Uh, massive in japan it does quite well here too uh i think splatoon 2 is in Maybe it's even in the top 10 best-selling Switch games. I think it is. I think at, at at the very least, even if it's not top 10, it's sold around, if not more than 15 million units. Yeah. Like, like which is sold, crazy. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's sold more than, uh, more than Super Mario Party. I know that much off the top of my head, which mm-hmm. is pretty impressive because Mario's name is in the title. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, uh, this trailer was pretty interesting. It starts out quite slow uh, in a, like, desert area like a, yep. a wasteland kind the of Eiffel post-apocalyptic tower. sort of vibes yeah. like the Mad eiffel Max. tower is upside down in the sand mm-hmm. what the hell happened there Who knows? wow way to get political nintendo <laughs> god <laughs> um now i'm just thinking about that dumb six days and uh, oh no yeah, we okay. won't we won't taint that, 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 this with that no, shit that's okay no. <laughs> um yeah but Ugh. there's a new weapon uh like character cut the first character customization they go through that um that's a lot more detailed they took out it's it's not explicitly pick a boy or a girl anymore it's just pick the style and you can be an octoling from the start too which is neat mm-hmm. um a lot more in-depth well, not in depth, but just more choice in customization in terms of your eye color, your hair style and everything and your pants and all that shit. Yeah. Um, you've got a little salmonid buddy that you can customize their hairstyle. Uh, there's a new like longbow splat weapon, which looks pretty cool. Uh, John made the joke of uh, Horizon Zero Squid, I think. Yeah. It's forbidden <laughs> ink. You know, <laughs> exactly that. That would be cool too. So yeah, I think we're, and then they kind of go into the the you know the new city area, the new hub area of this game, and then they show us a multiplayer. Not too much new there, I don't think. It looks cleaner, like more polished. Um, mm-hmm. But the question we're kind of left with is uh, what this game is going to look like in terms of its single player, because it looks like it was going to be more open. But yeah. then that might have just been uh, a pretty that might have just been the beginning of the game only. And that's all you see of that. We don't really know. So that's yeah. kind of something maybe we can uh, we can speculate about in the future. But uh, definitely. And also also podcast episode of what do we want to see from Splatoon going forward? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's one of our uh, possible topics anyway. So, yeah, because like know. for if you if any of you out there haven't played Splatoon, give it a shot, man. Like Splatoon is so good. It's, it's just good. a quality product. Like I know Nintendo kind of drops the ball on a lot of multi- online multiplayer functionality, but if they do have one franchise that gets it close to quite right, 
it's Splatoon, and it's a really fun, truly unique premise for like a, sh- a quote unquote shooter game. And now it's a mainstream staple for Nintendo. It's it's an incredible yeah. success story too. Also, banging music, amazing that music can't be unset. Yeah, or not, cannot be overstated. Overstated. There, that's the word. Thank you. No problem. <clears throat> um, yeah, Splatoon three exciting releasing in twenty twenty two. Uh, I will say just very quickly, um, because this is a longer development cycle than between Splatoon 1 and 2, and the with the success that Splatoon 2 brought from like, you know, a money standpoint, I can't imagine that they won't that they, they won't innovate. Like I think they I think oh, they yeah, for sure. I, I, I will early do some quick early speculation. I think it will be a much more expansive single player thing because of I all so. of any weak point that Splatoon has, I guess that would be it is a little bit more uh, expansive in that regard uh and one thing i saw uh I, I can't remember who it was i still like the them the, this influencer i can't remember who it was uh this like game reviewer but they're like oh man i saw the intro for splatoon 3 and like that her the the inkling walking in the desert in an open like way and it's like oh and then it cut to the city and then like all the multiplayer matches and it just seems like wow they're doing the same thing again it's like you don't no, like they did. They barely showed anything. And also of all the things that they would show, it would be multiplayer because guess what? It is predominantly known for that amongst a roster of a lot of single player focused stuff in the, in the Nintendo first party portfolio. And secondly, now there's an even freaking there's a freaking competitive scene around Splatoon. Yeah, of course, they're going to fucking keep <laughs> multiplayer and show off the multiplayer. Like, I don't know why it's like, oh, it's just a rinse repeat. Know. It's like, and like it's not like there wasn't about? anything new in the multiplayer like that was shown. Yeah. If you want a good video on that, look at uh Nintendo Life did a dis- dissection of the whole trailer. They did a good mm-hmm. job of breaking down what's kind of new there. So go watch that if you're unsure about the differences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh I think that's more than enough about the direct. We spent God, that was probably like 40 minutes on that <laughs> long time. Oh, uh, no. We've done 40 minutes total in the episode, so okay. not as much yeah. as you think. Um, uh, well, Yeah, man. Happy Direct. Happy Direct. It's good yeah, to be very back. Exciting. It's very good to be back. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're correct about uh, July. I mean, hopefully sooner, but yeah, I think I July so. is probably yeah, a solid I bet. I mean, I also hope that we get some partner directs and some indie. I know we'll get. Indie I like show. the MIDI direct format. I like it. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm positive we'll get indie ones because they keep things mm-hmm. separate. Separate. Uh, hoping Hollow Knight Silk Song gets announced in one of those. Uh, I was oh, that yeah. was my biggest hope for yesterday, actually. But you know, I know I was rooting for you, but ugh. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we're still gonna get that kind of presentation and and maybe partners too. So we'll see. Uh, yes, see what the we will see. Holds. Yeah. But anyway. Well. Uh, I guess the last thing to just to go into our uh, topic here, as we mentioned in the Nintendo Direct, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 was mentioned in that it wasn't really mentioned, but that uh, yeah. we will they will be going into depth later on this year uh, and then uh, Skyward Sword HD coming. And so far with the official 35th anniversary of Zelda just around the corner, that's kind of all we know about for Zelda this year. So we don't know what Nintendo's going to do to celebrate Zelda. And they, they have to in some they way, better. I think. They and better. I guess I guess technically they're doing that for Skyward Sword. But I think we want a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the spirit of, uh, you know, c- celebrating 
Zelda and all its greatness for their 35th anniversary. If Nintendo ain't going to celebrate it yet, we sure as hell will. And we're going to do that by talking about what we would want in a dream Zelda game. If we were AJ Anuma, how would we make a new Zelda game? What would we include? That's right, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what we're doing. Do you want me to start? I got a whole I, list. I, I, was, I guess it wasn't the smoothest, but I was kind of throwing to okay. you to, to kick right. off your thoughts of well, what you think would be a dream one. You know, the weird <laughs> thing is we're looking at each other right now for the first time. We're recording oh, and being I, able to see can, each other, and we I, fucked up a transition like that. Sorry, can I, can I make a pun I just thought of? Oh, go for it. Uh, there already is a Dream Zelda on the Switch. Link's Awakening. Because <laughs> uh, it's all it's all Dream. Yeah, it is. <laughs> true. Uh, I'm funny. Game, no. Yeah, you're I'm a co- I'm a comedian. Fucking That's, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I'm about as fucking funny as you can get. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Okay, so John and I kind of approach this in, uh, in slightly different ways. Uh, I kind of... I'm going down a list of breaking down different aspects of different Zelda games and kind of mashing together what I would want, different pulling different pieces. So I'm just going to go through all this and feel free to jump in if you'd like. Yeah. So we start with the sense and the exploration, sense of exploration and discovery of Breath of the Wild. Uh, the feeling of not knowing what you're going to find around the corner is fantastic. Uh, so hopefully that continues to be true in uh in breath of the wild 2 or whatever it's called but yes in a dream game that's kind of the way i want to i want to feel i want to be able to not know what's coming next and have sort of a different experience because john and i have talked about this in the past but we had very different experiences and just being like oh hey did you see that you know no i haven't found that yet but i found this or or whatever and just you know uh so that's that's the first thing then I want the banging overworld music of Spirit Tracks. Yes. That's got one of the oh, best overworld sure. themes. Yes, Spirit Tracks has one of the best overworld themes, I think. I know you're probably going to say Wind Waker is better, but... Uh, well, to be fair, I I was just going to say, you're making me want to play Spirit Tracks because it's one of the very few Zelda games I still haven't played. Okay, well... And now that you're telling me that, I'm like, okay, I, I definitely got to fuck. I mean, you could just tracks. play the smash stage and put the music on too, if you want that Good experience, point. you know? Okay. But yeah, so I would say that, but depending on your mode of transportation, like have that music, because if you're just walking around, I really like just having the, the breath of the wild, like ambient noises and stuff. But mm-hmm. if you're on like a horse or a train or a boat or a, or a loft wing or something. You gotta have great music to go with it. Um, I've written here, the nothing of Phantom Hourglass, because everything that game did, Spirit Tracks did better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I just wanted oh to point that out. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Phantom Hourglass. Um, Neither am I. <laughs> it's still a Zelda game, so it's still okay, but Spirit Tracks is better in my opinion. Uh, and then I want yeah, people say back. Skyward Sword's the worst Zelda. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we not. had a little bit of Skyward lag there, Sword but I was just saying. Some people say Sky. 
Oh no, we have weird lag. Anyways, I'll let James talk. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say Skyward Sword is not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Uh I will say first, back to that, we did kind of brush over it, but one thing they haven't announced that many changes to it, but one thing I hope they do do is uh make Phi not interrupt as much. That would be great. But that's mm. a feels like a pie in the sky wish that I don't think is gonna happen. Um yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh I want items back. I liked the runes, but the feeling of getting new items after exploring a dungeon, items and dungeons I'll say, the feeling of getting those back uh or like getting new ones and figuring out what they do and how you can use them uh is like quintessential Zelda to me and you know, I want that feeling back again. So I would say one of the better games uh, or one of the most the best variety of items, I'll say mm. maybe was Twilight Princess. Well, I don't know about best. It's the one yeah. that comes to mind when I think about I could variety though. Uh, could so it had a lot that. of cool items like the spinner, Rod of Dominion, Gale Boomerang, Ball and Chain, Double Claw Shots, that kind of stuff. All those were super fun. But what it did kind of fail to do is make them useful outside of their dungeons in all cases. So yeah. hopefully we can uh, we can design a world where your items remain useful and you can kind of backtrack and find new areas and stuff. Sort of like a Metroidvania, I guess. Combining Zelda and a Metroidvania would be a dream, I think. That would be really great. Yeah, um, that would be incredible. Uh, moving on, I've got written here uh, the story of Age of Calamity slash Skyward Sword, because if you want to keep it to just normal 3D Zeldas, then I guess Skyward Sword probably has the best story. Um, that's usually agreed upon, I think. Uh, yeah, I'd say that. Either that or like Twilight Princess, I guess. Yeah. Twilight but Princess I also, is pretty cinematic. Yeah. I liked Age of Calamities as well. So, but the other thing about that is I want a fully voiced cast again. Because uh, mm-hmm. that was great in, in in Age of Calamity and for the few moments it was in Breath of the Wild. Yes, sometimes it was cheesy, but it's still better than better than having to fucking read all the time because reading sucks. Am I right, guys? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, screw reading. The yeah. nerds. No, but yeah, fully voice would be great, uh, except for Link, because I mean, I know it's kind of overdone, but like, I kind of like having him as a silent protagonist. That's fun. Uh, yeah, it, it makes for some funny moments sometimes, I think. And you can kind of put your own personality into him, which is cool. Uh, and then uh, the charm of Wind Waker. The characters in that game. Very, very expressive. Yep. Undeniable. Uh-huh. Uh, they all have so much personality. So just make that happen again. Bring back unique character designs. That's where we got the Rito for the first time, which was a great, uh, great new. It gave us uh, the best race. Zelda song arguably ever with the Dragon Roost Dragon Island. Roost Island, yes. Rito, the sure. Rito only inspired greatness, man. Gave us Koroks, too. So, oh, you know, that's right. Yeah. Talking about, uh, you know, the designs of, of characters like you look at the Rito and the Koroks and that's great. And then but every NPC had its own personality. 
uh, which are super mm-hmm. cool as well. So I know if you had a game the scale of Breath of the Wild, you probably wouldn't be able to do that to the same extent. I believe. But, you know, I mean, they are spending maybe I mean, the five, champions are getting, five getting there. Years. Oh, yeah. They're spending maybe five plus years on Breath of the Wild, too. So you never know what's going to happen. Assuming That's they true. started development after uh, the game released. Or even after yeah. the DLC 2017. Um, uh, next, the side quests of Majora's Mask. From what I remember, side quests felt pretty impactful in this game. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, the moon crashes on them and you reset the timeline or whatever. It felt like you'd done something meaningful for, for the people that you're helping out. Um, which is a nice feeling. And they... They had a, a fun gameplay varieties. I'm pretty sure it was a side quest. You know the one where you're on the horse on I think it's when you're on horseback and you're shooting like aliens in Majora's Bass. They're attacking the farm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a main story thing or was that a side quest? I think that was a side quest. Yeah. So like shit like that, you know? That's that's great and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I'd love to see more of that kind of side quest. I mean, Breath of the Wild did do a good job of that, I think. Um, with at least, you know, giving you good incentive to do side quests and good variety in what you were doing. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to pull something for Majora's Mask just to be wide. To, ru- to run the gamut. Yeah. Um so I know Ocarina of Time is probably one of the most influential games ever, but all I put for it for pulling from it, because I think a lot of Zelda games beyond it have done things better. Uh, I just said the grand adventure of Ocarina of Time, because that is that one thing that that Ocarina of Time does exceptionally well is just the sorry to use this word, but the epic nature of the quest that you're on. Epic. Yeah, that's why I was hesitant to use that word. <laughs> Lean into it, James. It's okay. Ah, well. <laughs> um, so as, and yeah, so that's all I have for, for Ocarina of Time there. But uh, as I mentioned before, I want Dungeons and Items back, but I also want the game to be less linear like Breath of the Wild. So best comparison point would be something like A Link, to, a Link Between Worlds, that structure was pretty like you had to do the first two dungeons in order, but then the next like seven you could do in whatever order you wanted, I think, which was really cool. But the problem was there wasn't much, there wasn't much, if at all, any difficulty curve um, when you're doing, cause, cause they all kind of had to be the same level difficulty cause they're assuming this might be the first or like, you know, this might always be the third dungeon that you're doing. So it can't be too hard. So mm-hmm. if, if this, this hypothetical game could somehow fix the difficulty curve or make a difficulty curve with that same kind of structure, that'd be really cool. Um, I want fun boss fights. That's one of the best parts about Zelda is the boss fights. Breath of the wild, pretty disappointing in that aspect. I think, um, yeah Hinoxes, stone taluses those are fun and lionels but the I main pretty much only truly dungeon, loved thunder blight yeah exactly that's that's probably the only good one i think uh the others were a bit boring and especially the final boss was just 
not great. So I need like a like a six phase final boss like Ganondorf and Twilight Princess. Make it that intense and that epic or Hell a demise yeah. or a demise final boss like in Skyward Sword with just the intensity and the the staging of that. Like that's that's probably one of the best final bosses in Zelda. And finally, I think it is the f- best final might, boss. Yeah, Zelda. I think it probably is. You're right. Finally, Zelda needs a bigger role. It is her legend. Finally, she needs something more to do. Uh, so one thing I've thought Hell of yeah. is uh, she could she could accompany you like in spirit tracks, except not as a ghost, like a real person, which might be the direction we're going in in Breath of the Wild too. Hopefully. Uh but I'm thinking maybe she could be implemented in a in a gameplay sense, similar to how Atreus works in God of War, where you have the square button, which is wholly dedicated to having Atreus do things. So maybe Zelda could be mm-hmm. assigned to a button or two, and she could have magic that could help you solve puzzles and help in combat and stuff. So you could have puzzles that revolve around magic, but also the items that you get in the dungeons. And then maybe if you wanted to make things more difficult for for Link, split up the characters. Link and Zelda separated, and then you'd be without half of your your toolkit and have to solve a problem with less than what you had. And that could work for narrative purposes too. And maybe you could have a playable Zelda sections, like fully playable Zelda. That might be cool. But I think in terms of what's likely, uh, you'd probably just be playing as Link. So, you know, that, yeah, I don't know. That's that's all the things I have written down. That's kind of my my dream recipe, I suppose, for a really great Zelda game. Well, it's a great recipe. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of those points. And yeah, it's just so great that you can have a conversation in that style of like, here's one thing about not every single game, but like almost it feels like every single entry has its one distinct strong point that you can pull from and and, and have these sort of dream mashups and stuff like that to me speaks to the strength of the franchise as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't even mention like, you know, uh, Link Between, not Link Between the Worlds, uh, Link's Awakening or Minish Cap. But I mean, I love those games too. And I'm sure there are elements from there that I could pull from if I gave it a little more thought. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I will just say ahead of time, I might have to make a judgment call on whether or not we do what games we've been playing this week. But we'll get oh, to that. Okay. We'll cross that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, as far as my Dream Zelda game goes, I mean, James is right in that we did take different approaches but ultimately they started from the same they started from the same mentality because like james was talking about you know his favorite elements from different games and i started in the same place too uh i started thinking about you know the combination possibilities of my favorite components of different zelda games maybe not all each individual zelda game but i thought of maybe a couple of key elements from different zelda uh, like a couple of zelda games and then tried to envision a specific experience out of that thing while also trying to distinguish away from the stuff i said of like what i would want to see in breath of the wild sequel so i won't be touching much on uh traditional dungeons you guys already know about that i of course want that same with like items 
with to go with that you guys already know about that i want that and of course keeping in this path of like which we already know is going to happen that like breath of the wild is kind of the new norm for quote unquote new norm for uh 3d zelda so i won't talk on that too much especially how james recapped that kind of stuff really well and i agree with him um but the kind of mindset that i was in was i started thinking about aside from breath of the wild my favorite zelda game of all time which is wind waker and when i first played that as a kid it was like technically speaking and i know it's more of a sandbox but it kind of was the first i guess you could call it open world game i ever played where mm, yeah there's just you know there's not constant barriers in front of you visually there's a horizon with so many things that you can like that you're curious about like oh what's that over there and things that you can visit out of out of order and in a non-linear fashion and you know it felt like there was a, a complete world for you to roam every inch of in any direction um and the fact that it took place on the sea with this incredible character and the king of the red lions with this beautiful grandiose music in the background accompanying you and just the incredible charm obviously that came with the art style and the characters that james touched on yeah wind waker was special so i'm like okay i guess if i had to take a core component from that it is sticking what with with what we know in zelda and what we know is going to keep happening with that open worldness but taking specifically the sea again and not i'm not saying exclusively a water-based zelda but you know kind of like wind waker the focal point and a massive point of uh you know travel being the water being the sea or an ocean or whatever and applying that to the modern zelda scale and sensibilities we know now would be fucking incredible okay but what's another component that i i love so much and that i think i want to see you return from a lot of my favorite experiences in all of Zelda, but I guess they just so happen to be more so on the 2D side of things, is the idea of alternate worlds, like maybe the light and dark that you find in uh, Link to the Past, or and they kind of the variation on that with the Link Between Worlds, or even the Oracle games. You know that there's um, you know Oracle like the different seasons and uh, the Oracle of Ages uh, game, Oracle of Ages, and kind of sort of with minish cap i guess it's the same world but you're just you're traveling between two wildly different perspectives and abilities Mm -hmm. with the with the size change like that is such an incredible component that zelda to me almost always nails perfectly and i would love to see that come back and i mean by the way i mean if we get to go underground and uh breath of the wild 2 that could be the case anyways um (laughs) uh so i'm like okay let's 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 go with this mishmash those two ideas and i'm like okay well if we're going with Wind Waker in in a more modern way, like that means you have to make it a little more adult-like than Wind Waker, which is fine because I mean Wind Waker exists in its own way. Nobody has to replicate that that childlike wonder and charm again. Like you you can go a more mature route, kind of like with Twilight Princess or something like that, or Breath of the Wild. Um, and I'm like, okay, well what about like light and dark world and i'm thinking i hate making things dark for the sake of them being dark and edgy but i will say with the sea there is so much potential for age appropriate and therefore zelda appropriate horror the sea is a fucking scary yeah yeah Yeah, man and you can totally fucking emulate that in video games let alone with the quality creative minds who are who are working behind zelda and i'm thinking okay what if there's 
uh, you know, you have your regular world foundation with different islands scattered across that are just more rich with uh, secrets and treasure and all that stuff and mini boss, like mini slash world bosses and stuff, but also kind of uh, organic puzzles that come that you come across. But those puzzles have implications on the other side and what that other side looks like is just this more dark and twisted version of the sea that lies beyond and if you solve a puzzle maybe there's a new portal that opens up in the form of like a a rapid white water whirlpool and you go through and you get spat out on the other side with where the water itself if we want to stick to the theme of the world being a key character okay you know let's make the sea dangerous on this other side the risk of tsunami-like waves, the 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 enemies that come out of the sea having the ability to capsize your ship and you have to figure out how to escape that or prevent that from happening. You know, it doesn't have to be super violent, of course, because it's, it's a Zelda game. It's a Nintendo game we're talking about. But again, the sea is a violent place, though. It's a violent place, but but there's potential to keep it relatively PG, you know, with with the horror and the scariness. Yeah. That's that's why I think it's such an interesting concept to play with, because I think it could be so effective while remaining within the uh, maturity boundaries that you have to stay within. And I also got thinking about, obviously, with Breath of the Wild, there's not really bosses per se, but those larger world monsters like the the Hinox and uh, mm-hmm. you know stuff like that, that, that. I guess you could call world bosses. And one thing, even though I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't finished it yet, but one thing that's so strong about the Pathless, which is very heavily influenced by Zelda, is that the main bosses of the game just take place out in the open world. I mean, you could argue that yes, while I want the return of traditional dungeons, hey. Having main bosses in the game not be confined to the structure and the walls of the dungeon you're in could be super cool, especially if we're on this new, dangerous, twisted ocean. How fucking cool would it be to have a terrifying giant dark piranha boss that like is is of scale like of shadow colossus type scale like a huge thing that is truly menacing to even the most veteran players of Zelda. like i feel like they came so close to doing that with the final boss in breath of the wild but like he didn't even fucking move he just stands yeah literally the easiest boss in zelda history exactly like if you had the openness like him moving throughout the world it i should say it yeah uh, moving throughout the open world and you had to traverse it too and find the right spots to attack, that would have made that boss so much better because you would have had to learn the world by then. But yeah, anyway. Like to give a little snippet preview of combat, imagine if uh, Water Blight Ganon, the fight for Water Blight Ganon, had him taking on a more water creature-like form and the fight took place in the lake outside of Varudania. Like, and you're on Sidon's back fighting this. How fucking cool would that be? That would have been awesome. So imagine that, but rinse and repeat a few times throughout this entire uh, light and dark ocean world. And man, uh, what other concepts do I have? Again, that's kind of the core of what I was getting at. Uh, But yeah, like the main thing I wanted to touch on too from a more moment to moment perspective is that puzzles there's still some kind of a tie between the worlds in terms of the implications. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you can't unlock this dungeon on the dark side until you've completed X, Y, and Z task and puzzle on the light side, maybe. Uh, I just think there's a lot of potential there. 
And honestly, I know I, I'm, I'm on a bit of a time crunch, but like I actually don't have that much more to say other than because of the fact that I also left a lot unspoken with you already know my thoughts on what I would want from Breath of the Wild 2 and therefore future games going forward and in a Dream Zelda game um, that, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about my Dream Zelda game because I, I love Wind Waker so much, but to go into that more mature and evolved direction with with the ocean traversal would be just, I think it could be nailed. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, and, and like, I, I feel like it would be pretty cool if you had some like way to go underwater too or something like just kind of open it up in a different way to what what wind waker did or hell you could even take that concept and bring it to a skyward sword like thing and open up the clouds the cloud sea more because they didn't really do that much with it mm-hmm. in skyward sword so yeah like I, I love those ideas i think they're they're great a lot more specific than uh than what i had here but you know i think but i like that style i think we tend to go that way you cover more bases but the bases i cover i just go deeper on i guess you know like i like that um it works well that's i think pretty much it for that conversation though again i mean i love talking about this kind of stuff because i love celebrating zelda which is my favorite franchise anytime any opportunity i can get and uh here's hoping that they do something with the 35th anniversary yeah. this year I in mean, a more Nintendo way. doesn't do it at least we did so exactly you know, we're, every, we're making up for lost time here yeah every <laughs> Nintendo fan can come here and listen to it well that said i think we could do very quickly uh what we I only this played week. one game so and i only played two there you go <laughs> um i guess i'll do my two quickly I will mention Destiny 2 because now the new season is in full effect and it is so much fucking better than the last season. The community overall was just not pleased with the last season. It was very stale content that was just repetitive and monotonous. It is so much better this time around. So much more creative, more side quests to do that give you great rewards. Fucking awesome job, Bungie. Um, And then on the other hand, which I will not get too in-depth on because it might come back away in another episode... I got back into World of Warcraft, oh. and I got my girlfriend of the show into it as well. Oh, nice. I was not forcing her into it. That was not my... I would never do that. I don't like when people do that. Nope. She has... She's uh, got... She's glued onto it, if that's even a fucking saying. Damn. <laughs> she, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So we were both playing World of Warcraft. We both got level 22... 12-year-old uh, John would be so happy right now. I know 25-year-old oh, John or 24-year-old John is excited, but like imagine 12-year-old John right now. 12-year-old John is incredibly happy. And uh yes, as double the age, 24-year-old John is also very happy. And uh yeah, Shadowlands, we don't we haven't reached the Shadowlands content yet because that's the newest expansion. That's for higher levels. Uh, but revisiting the old content and just getting back into the game. I remember a lot more than I thought I would, but there's also so much more I have to relearn and I couldn't be happier. Like it's, it's fucking awesome. Nice. That's great. I'm glad you two are uh, having another game to play together. Yeah. I am very disappointed on that front because my copy of Mario 3d world plus Bowser fury has not arrived yet. Mine arrived Uh, before yours. Yeah. Wow. Mine got I think it got lost by pure later. I've got like a tracking or like a like a shipping case file opened. Mm. Investigation, that's the word I'm looking for. They're looking into it. Which is really annoying because I haven't had this problem before with uh with EB games, but uh whatever. So yeah, 
uh, I'm looking forward to playing that with Christina because she's loving that game so far. She got hers on Monday. Yep. But what I did play this week, as I mentioned earlier, was God of War. Um, and I finished it last night, actually. Uh, and yeah, it was great. I loved it a lot. It's not what I expected. I don't know what I expected. I guess I kind of kept away from any specifics because really all I'd seen was snippets of the combat and uh, and some cutscenes. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that it was basically an open world game. Um, yeah. I had no idea about that. So that was a, an interesting surprise. And there's a couple of things that are, that are a bit odd about it. Like the fast travel system is kind of weird. And um, yeah, like I said, the, the armor and, and weapon stuff, like the RPG kind of stuff is not for me, but there were a lot of good ideas in it. It does have some of the best combat I've played. It's consistently challenging and fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what kept me going for it. And now I'm even more excited to know about God of War Ragnarok or whatever it ends up being called. So yeah. That's You've great. played it, right? You just I've played, played about 10 much. hours of it, yeah. Okay. I, I definitely need to get back into that because I, that's think i played 23 to 25 hours and i'm done okay but i did not do nearly everything because like i don't know if you found any valkyries or anything or if you've gotten to that not yet no so you can find those out in the world and they're like really challenging boss fights but like at a certain point i was like i just don't want to grind or level up or find the right equipment to to do this so i was just like you know what I wasn't going to platinum this game or complete it 100% anyway. I'm just going to finish it and say I enjoyed it because I did and not not get to the point where I'm not enjoying it anymore. Yeah, that's a great way to end off that game and also I think a great way to end off the episode. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, (laughs) for for listening to the 20th episode of The Logbook. Very exciting little milestone there. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you don't know already, you could find us on all major platforms, including uh, Spotify, Apple, and Google. Uh, If you have a rating system on there, please leave us a review, uh, giving us any feedback of all kinds for what you want to see going forward, any content ideas, whatever it may be. Or if you want to have a more in-depth conversation and give us suggestions on social media, you could find us on Twitter at logbook podcast uh once again thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week take care